The following sermon is from Redemption Bible Church of New Braunfels, where we are proclaiming the authority of God's Word without apology, in order to fulfill the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment. Matthew 6, I'll pick it up in verse 5. Follow along now as I read it. Jesus says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who, see, who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then this way, or like this. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is God's word for God's people. These are familiar words to many of us, aren't they? Even as I recited there, uh, what is often called the Lord's Prayer, maybe some of you had to like resist the urge to begin reciting it with me, right? And we've been in a, maybe a more traditional church where that was a part of the liturgy or the service, where we all just recited those verses. And, um, but here's, here's the thing. When it comes to this passage and the verses here, Jesus teaching on prayer, we can summarize it this way. If you're taking notes, you'll want to do that now. It'll be on the screens. Maybe you want to take a picture of it. But we can summarize the passage this way. is that humble hearts and truthful lips are essential for God's presence. Let me say that again. Humble hearts and truthful lips in prayer are essential for God's presence. See, what Jesus is teaching here in these verses here, as he uh, has these contrasts, is the heart behind why we pray and how we pray. And so maybe you noticed, did you see them there in the text where Jesus kind of says, hey, not this way, but this way, right? Have you ever had a teacher or a boss or an employer or someone who's like, no, 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 we don't do it that way, we do it this way. This is what we're going for. So Jesus uses these contrasts to teach people how to pray. And so note this. Note this. As we begin to look a little closer here, you'll, you'll want to uh, take this down. But here's the purpose of prayer. We pray to know God, not to get things from God. Okay, let me say that again. It's not on the screen. You just have to listen. It's the eyes on me here. We pray to know God, not to get things from God. This is what we mean by coming into God's presence. This is what we mean by knowing God. When the reason for why we pray is to be in His presence, to seek His face, to be known, to know God and be known by Him, to be where God is manifestly present, where that transformation is happening, where change uh, is happening in people and circumstances are turning out for good. See, when we are praying, we're not just uh, rubbing a, a lamp and hoping that a genie will give us what we want. No, we are coming uh, to have our heart laid out before the Lord. And see, here's the thing, as we've said many times uh, from this pulpit right here, is that oftentimes God changes our heart in prayer first before He changes the circumstances. Before He changes that person that you're praying for, the situation in which you find yourself, God changes our heart, aligning our will to the will of God. And so he is first sanctifying us, even just as we are simply talking to God in faith. 
You know, there's lots of definitions. There's maybe lots of hangups about, well, what is prayer? Do I have to pray like Pastor Cade? Like, I don't think I could do that. Yeah. But as you begin to look at the scriptures, you see that just a simple definition of prayer is just talking to God in faith. Of coming into his presence, of aligning our heart with the will of God. And we had a whole series a few years ago, Fresh Encounter, where we looked at prayer from the book of Acts. You can find that on the website if you want to continue to listen and grow your life in prayer. But one author the book Vertical Church, he, he also says that prayer is uh, just it's making us spiritually fit to uh, receive what God is already willing to do. And so what is it that God is willing to do in our prayers? What is he, uh, what are we promised? What does God guarantee us as we come near or draw near to him? Well, look at this amazing promise in James 4, 8. It's simply this, James 4, it's there on the screen. He says this, draw near to God and he will what? Draw near to you. Isn't that glorious, church? Even as we come and as we pray, as we come into his presence, it's like, how awesome is this? That as we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Have you lost your awe? And how amazing that is. That we have this access to the God of the universe, our creator. Without any sort of barriers or obstacles or things that we have to do. And so with, with some clarity now, why we pray. We come into the presence of the Father. Jesus then teaches us in these verses how to pray, how to draw near, how to uh, come into his presence. And so as we said in that summary statement there, that we come first with, we pray with humble hearts. We pray with humble hearts. Did you catch that in those first two verses? In verses 5 and 6 there, did you see it? You know, like I said, Jesus, he gives some contrast. He says, don't pray this way, but when you pray, pray this way. Do you see them in the verses there? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully you're following along. And he uses some familiar examples for the people of their day. For the, the Jewish uh, uh, people of that day, the religious types, they had established this system of, of prayer where they would uh, pray or say these written out prayers at 9 a.m., noon, and 3 p.m. Now, that's pretty cool, right? Man, maybe I should do that. Maybe I need to set a reminder on my phone to just stop and pray at these times. And uh, what likely started as a healthy, vertical, God-honoring discipline then became a show. A show so that these hypocrites, notice what they're called, do not be like the hypocrites. Those who outwardly appear religious, but inward are rotten at the core. They won't be like these hypocrites that would make sure that they were somewhere where they would be seen by a crowd. He says they love to stand and pray in the synagogues, the religious centers of that day, to be around the other religious types, the real holy and righteous ones. They love to be there. Or where else? At the street corners. At the street corners where people would come and pray. You know, like out at 306 and I-35 there, where people are passing by, or somewhere down town where lots of people are coming and they would make sure that they were somewhere at those times where a large crowd would gather so the passers-by would think, wow, that person is super spiritual. Wow, they must be really holy. Look how spiritual that guy is. Which way others may say that, but Jesus is telling us, don't, don't be like that guy. Don't, don't be like that guy. And it still goes on today. Most, you know, many in uh, religious circles don't they? TV, uh, Christian uh, TV stations are filled with those preachers with the big hair and the long, windy prayers, right? Want to be on that prime time so that more people can hear them pray and hear what they have to say. 
It happens you know, in, in all kinds of ways, and we don't even need to go uh, through all the modern examples of it, but rather than to look at what Jesus says, well, when you pray, pray in secret. Pray with a, in your mind an audience of one. See, so has a very contrasting picture then. Verse 6, right? He said, don't go to the busiest places. They've received their reward, right? But you, rather, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to the Father. These personal prayers with an audience of, like I said, just one. Shut the door. A one-on-one meeting with the creator of the universe. Massive corporations. It takes a, a, a pretty high position or it takes a pretty catastrophic event to get one on, a one-on-one meeting with the head of the company. And here, church, those who are in Christ, we have unhindered access to the creator of the universe. And so, you know, when you pray out loud, when you're praying, you get your reward if your goal is to just simply be seen by others. Like, well, there's your reward if that's why you're coming to pray. But for those who want to pray and be in, in with the Lord. The reward is simply being in God's presence. And so does all this mean that we can't pray out loud? Does all this mean that we shouldn't pray in a group, that we shouldn't do pastoral prayers, that we shouldn't pray in public? No, that's, that's not the point. It's not, not necessarily saying the, the venue. He's getting to the heart of communing with the Lord. And so the hypocrite just doesn't get that, doesn't get the simple definition of why we pray. To get God, not just get things from God. Do you want to look good in front of others? Sure, learn how to uh, to, to pray big, lofty, awe-inspiring prayers amongst the people, and then your mission is accomplished. Your reward has been received. But for the humble heart, those who want to uh, seek the Lord, God draws near to the humble. He draws near to the contrite. He draws near to those who tremble at His word. So, do you, do you want 2020 to be a different year than the previous year? I, I, I mean, I hope so. If, if we want to, then it begins with an honest assessment of our heart. It begins with an honest assessment, a close look at our heart to pray a prayer like David prays in Psalm 139. A prayer that maybe is a, a familiar to you, but a prayer that's a, that we maybe kind of avoid. A prayer that says here, it's on the screen, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Like that's a level of humility. That's a level of vulnerability. That's like, well, everyone else can see my words, but God knows my heart and my mind. And man, there's some scary things that go on in my heart and my mind, right? The things that maybe with the self-control of the Holy Spirit good that, that don't come from our mouths, but of coming to the Lord humbly and saying, God, would you even this year work on my heart and my mind? May, may from my heart be, be tender and humble before you. May my mind think thoughts that are true and pure and lovely. May these be the meditations of my heart. The psalm goes on, he says, See if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Can you imagine that if we began every day, even this week, praying this prayer? But just waking up and asking God, would you search me and try me? Would you know my heart? Would you see if there's any grievous way in me? And then would you lead me in the way everlasting? How do you think your days would go this week? They would begin humbly. They would begin uh, being in the presence of the Lord. As we come humble, then God would begin to do His work in our life. If we just began a day like that. 
And then we ended the day with these same type of prayers, uh, prayers of confession and adoration and thanksgiving and supplication, of just coming before the Lord and asking Him, God, am I just praying? Am I praying here just to, to, to get things from you, to be seen by others, to look good in front of my kids or my spouse? Am I coming, God, because I simply want to grow in you? And even as God answers those humble prayers, even as God answers those dependent prayers, He will be growing you and doing a good work in you. Hopefully the events of 2020 have humbled you. Hopefully they have laid us low and taught us that things can change in a moment and the foundations that we thought were so sturdy apart from Christ actually are very vulnerable. Anything can go in a moment except the Lord who forever remains unchanged and unchanging and responding to us in prayer. And so these humble hearts, they're essential as we don't want to pray like the hypocrites do, but rather we want to pray humbly, coming to God, seeking His face, and not just things from His pockets, but we come with humble hearts, knowing they are essential in our prayers for God's presence. So what, what else did we say? What else do we say is essential? Humble hearts, but also truthful lips. And so here's our next point. As we head into it, the next contrast series is to pray with truthful lips. See, what we say in our prayers is important too. What, what's going on in our heart as we come before the Lord is so important. As we take time to say, God, examine me before I uh, take these requests to you as we come to pray with truthful lips. And so we get to verse 7 here. Our second point says, when you pray, assuming that we are praying, Assuming that this is something that we desire to do and indeed are doing. And there's a, another contrast here. See it? Just in the same way he said, you don't, don't be like the hypocrites. You don't go pray in public, but rather pray in private. Here he again says, do not heap up empty phrases like the Gentiles do. He said, don't pray like this, but rather when you pray, and then he will give us, excuse me, verse 9 and following several things to pray. So are you in the water? <clears throat> Something in the throat. Mm -hmm. I'll better <laughs> <laughs> My little uh, honey and lemon and water concoctions. Good for the throat. <clears throat> Here. Alright, come back with me. Verse 7. So when you pray, he uses another contrast. Do you see it there? Don't pray like this, but rather uh, pray like this. And he, he, he exposes here another heart thing that manifests itself in how it comes out. These empty phrases, or the Greek word, bata logos, okay? Um, it, which is a compound word, the prefix bata is similar to, uh, in the English language, how we would just uh, uh, fill words with like blah, 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 blah. And so in the Greek, it was just bata, bata, bata. You know, it's saying a whole lot of nothing, right? And logos is the Greek word for... Word, right? Uh, Jesus was the logos, or the word that dwelt among us. And so these empty phrases are these repetitive, meaningless words that uh, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't get us anywhere. And so in the same way, the hypocrites of those days, or the Gentiles, there was a practice that they would say these ritualistic phrases and prayers over and over and over that were really just mind-numbing. And what they believed was that the gods of those days would hear them because of how long and how persistent they were in saying the same things over and over. It was as if the, the, you know, if they would just do it, then the gods would finally relent. 
You know, in the same way that like a parent with a kid who's hungry and really wants a snack and is just repeating over and over like, snack, 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 mommy, 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 can I have a snack, can I have a snack, can I have a snack? Anybody? Like, and then finally, right? Even though it's right before dinner, you're like, yes, just go get something out of, out of the pantry, just get whatever. If, it, if you'll just be quiet, yes, you can, you can go. And wrongly viewing the purpose of prayer like that. And so saying these mind-numbing things so that they would get what they want. And missing the whole point that prayer is not just simply about getting what we want, but it's what? To get to know God. Of coming into His presence. And today this is still practiced in several ways. Exposing uh, just our wrong belief about what prayer is. In some traditions, there are those ritualistic, repetitious prayers that are prescribed. It's like, oh, you sinned. Well, go pray this prescribed prayer like five times and add on this like thing another five times, and then you'll be all good with the uh, Lord. Right? Shows up again in this the unintelligible, the uh, ritualistic, uh, repetitive, meaningless babble that uh, some would uh, say are the, the, the tongues of angels, or even that they are speaking in tongues and saying these things that is mistakenly thought to be like a private prayer language, which is what Jesus wanted. He said, hey, don't pray that way. When we're praying, our minds are engaged. Our, our, our heart is engaged. Shows up also in the lofty, long-winded, you know, those churchy type, those uh, King James type prayers that prayers pray on, and people, they're just droning on and on and on, and they're like, I don't even know what this person is saying. Jesus again says, don't, don't, don't pray like that. They think they'll be heard for their many words, but hey, here's the thing. <laughs> this contrast is very different. It's like your father already knows what you need before him. He knows that you, child, are hungry. He knows what you need. So you don't have to stack up all these prayers in order to get him to relent or to give you what you want. He already knows. The contrast here also isn't just well to pray short baby prayers. You just pray, God, help. But he says, rather, he appeals to the character of God, the omniscience of God. Reminding us here that when we pray, we aren't informing God of anything. You know, our prayers isn't like a news brief for God. And as we pray, it's not like we're scrolling through uh, Facebook and God is scrolling through and you're just informing Him of all the things that you need or all the things that you've ate or all the things that you're thankful for today. But here's the thing, God already knows it. The purpose of prayer is for us coming before the presence of God, to be uh, among Him, knowing that He already needs it and giving us exactly what we need. And so how then do we pray? If we're not informing God, if we're not, uh, if, if, if it's, if it's not a, a, just to get things from God, but it's about knowing God, that's the prize, that's the privilege, that's what it is about being in His presence. And if we then want 2021 to be our best year yet, with God being on us, or being among us at work, manifestly presence, then we must call upon Him in truth. We must call upon Him in the way that He told us to. See, here's what Psalm 145, verse 18 says. It says, the, the, the Lord is near to all who call on Him. Isn't that a great prayer again? A great reminder? Call on the Lord and He will be near to you. To all who call on Him in truth. To all who call upon Him in the truth. And so Jesus lays out then for us here, as we come back to, to Matthew 6 and the Lord's Prayer here, He lays out for us how to pray a truth-filled, God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, Spirit-empowered prayer. 
And he says, pray like this. And this is probably the most profound prayer ever prayed, isn't it? Some 50 words. You break it into five categories to really form our own prayers. If you want to have quality time with the Lord this year, 2021, then here's, here's some simple ways that you can pray. Thinking in these categories. You can write them down in your Bible. You can write it down in the margins. And as you spend time with the Lord, as you bring your request to Him, as you uh, seek His face, you can pray in this way. So He says here, pray like this. Begin by His name praised. He says, pray then, our Father in heaven, hallowed are, holy is your name. Isn't this our theme for this ministry here, church? Remember what we prayed and looked at the passage back in October at our three-year anniversary? You passed by it as you entered in these doors, unless you somehow snuck in this back door here. As you came in, you saw uh, Psalm 111, verse 9. What did it say? Holy and awesome is his name. A truth that is all over the scriptures, the crowning attribute of all who God is, that he is holy and unique and set apart, that as we pray, our Father in heaven, our holy Father. And so as we come to pray, we acknowledge Him as such. We focus in on these attributes. We praise His name. As we begin our prayers, we should come with adoration before the Lord. Just even thinking in our own mind these attributes that are rightly define Him. This is why we begin our prayers and we open up God's Word and we pray from the things that we are seeing in God's Word ascribing to Him the glory that is due His name. And as we do so, this begins to shape our heart and our mind as our thoughts are honed in on who God is. You're like, I, I just don't know, I'm new to this faith thing. I'm new to, just the, to who the Lord is and what the, His attributes and His characteristics are. Well, here, if you don't know where to start, just start with these attributes. Just say, God, you are holy and you are awesome. The true definition of awesome, right? Not the awesome, that was an awesome hurdle that uh, Harris had in, uh, of Alabama over that defender. Well, that was pretty awesome. It's nothing compared to our Lord. If you're not a football fan and you didn't watch the Alabama uh, and uh, Notre Dame game, then you don't know what I'm talking about. So maybe you don't, maybe here's, here's a place you can start. These attributes good and sovereign. Father in heaven, you are so good to me. Even when your heart isn't feeling it right now. Just begin by saying, God, God you, you are sovereign. You are in control of this situation. I don't know how. I don't know what you're doing. It seems to be confusing. I don't know how everything is going to work out. But I'm going to begin my prayers by saying, God, your the name is to be praised. You are sovereign and in control. And so as we pray, we pray this way. Let 2021 begin with these expressions of praise to who God is. And out of that, then, as we um, praise His name, then we begin to pray like verse 10 teaches us that His purposes are advanced. He says, Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we would pray, God, would you use whatever situation, these things that are in my life, would you use them to advance the gospel? Would you use these things to, uh, to advance the good news of Jesus Christ through my life and that Your kingdom would be advanced, not my kingdom, too often our prayers, that's what it's about. God, give me this, give me that, so that my personal kingdom, my, my, my Christian kingdom would be advancing. He's saying, no, no, God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. Which is really itself a prayer and a request that Christ, would you return? You, Christ, who are ruling and reigning over your universal kingdom, would you come and bring your kingdom here? Come and rule on your 
So as we pray, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. We're asking, God, through all of our circumstances, through everything, would your purposes be advanced and not simply my own? And the design of this, as our heart is, is, is now in tune with who God is and the reasons for which he works through us, it is then and only then we get to what verse 11 would teach us to pray for our needs being met. Where he says, give us this day our daily bread. Asking God for this daily provision as we live and acknowledge our daily dependence on God. Yes, I'm willing to bet all of us have pantries and refrigerators and freezers full of food. We don't know necessarily what it's like to live meal to meal to meal. Maybe you do. If you're in that spot, we, you know, we as a church would love to help you out in that time of need. But here, as we pray, even a prayer like this, we are asking God and acknowledging God, apart from you, we don't have anything. Apart from you, we can't do anything. And apart from you, we don't have anything. So we rely on you to give us this day our daily bread all be taken away and so we live dependently on you. But isn't it true of us that our prayers, our times of coming before the Lord, these times of supplication and asking God for anything, this normally dominates like 95% of our prayer life, right? We come to the, the Lord with our like grocery list. Well, I need this and this and this and this and this and God, can you come through here and do this for me and do this for me and do this for me? But church, again, is that the reason why we pray? We pray to get things from God? We pray to no, God. That doesn't mean we can't ask Him for it. That doesn't mean that we don't come to Him and ask for our needs to be met, but we come doing so dependent on the Lord. And our first need is the need for forgiveness. Because this is how He teaches us to pray in this fourth category. He says our sins uh, to be forgiven. We would ask God, God, forgive us our debts first. As we have also forgiven our other debtors. Those that have sinned against us first ours, and then we extend it to others. He will teach more on it in verses 14 and 15. You can read that and meditate on it even this week. But this is what we come to the Lord, this step of just repentance and forgiveness. God, would you forgive me? And church, isn't this the heart of the gospel? Isn't this the entryway even into all that we're talking about? This access to the Father that we have comes through uh, forgiveness of being forgiven for our sin, our sin which does hinder us from access to the Lord. And so as we come and say, God, forgive me. I have sinned greatly against you. So oftentimes we're sinning, we think, well, if you sin against my wife or my friend or my kids or I've done this at work, and we think and know and feel the effects of all the horizontal uh, aspects of our sinfulness. We miss, we fail to feel the implications of our sin against God. And yet, even as we come to Him in Christ, full of faith, saying, God, forgive us of our sin. Help me to walk in You. Doesn't the Father delight to answer that prayer? Doesn't He come running to all the prodigals who come to their senses, recognizing what they've done, and who come humbly back to the Father who runs and greets us? embracing us, and then deploys us with that same forgiveness as people rightfully sin against us. The people sin against you in 2020? Probably. Say some hurtful things, do some hurtful things. Well, out of the overflow of the mercy that has been shown us, we then extend this same mercy to those who have debts against us. What a, what a glorious thing. We want 2021 to be different if we are just agents of 
forgiveness to those that have hurt us, man, we would see massive change happen in 2021. And so we pray and ask God, would you forgive us our sin? But there's another category here in the Lord's Prayer. You see, the last verse, it's our paths protected. It's a prayer for uh, safety, yes, but spiritual safety. You know, so you can pray for, like, physical safety, right? Or for traveling mercy here. But he's saying, God, lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Would you protect our paths from the sin that entangles us, from the evil one who is lurking around us? It's really a, a prayer to the Lord. God, keep me in your presence. Keep me near to you. Deliver me from that which would tempt me. Keep me from that which would ensnare me. Keep me from those things that would cause me to go in the ditch. God, protect my paths as I am pursuing you, as I am walking step in step with you. Protect my paths. And so Jesus here, he gives us these five categories to pray. Let me just ask you, have you had trouble praying sometimes? Our trouble is we just don't know what to pray. We don't know how to pray. It's like, well, what do I say? I can't pray like that guy. Am I supposed to pray like this? Well, then what do we say? Wasn't Jesus so merciful just to give us the outline here? Is to give us just how we're to pray, to pray with the truth on our lips, right? If you're in Christ today, you can pray like this, and you can be certain of what the writer of Hebrews says to us in Hebrews 4. He says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. As we pray these things, as we pray knowing what is on God's heart, what He delights to answer, then we can draw near to the throne of grace to receive that mercy and the grace to help in time of need. Want things to be different this year? Then start with prayer. You want to grow in your faith? Start with prayer. You're looking for a spouse this year? Then we'll start with prayer. Want things to change in your marriage? Then start with prayer. You want to see your kids come to Christ? You want to see financial changes happen? You need some things to uh, to be different? Then start with prayer. Doesn't mean that we don't do the other things. Doesn't mean you don't go to the gym. Doesn't mean you don't die or budget or whatever other resolutions that you make. See, if our goal this year is to know Christ and to make Him known, to be in his presence, then humble hearts and truthful lips and prayer are essential. See, just we said over and over, apart from Christ, we can't do anything. So this attitude, I get to pray, this is the game changer. This is what makes things different. This has to be our starting place for 2021. Uh, otherwise, it isn't going anywhere. See, this, I get to pray, it keeps us coming back to the Lord. Whether you stunk it up in 2020, whether it was non-existent or real minimal. See, this, this privilege of praying is, comes with the attitude. It's like, I'm not guilted to pray. It's not something I have to do. It's just something that I get to do. When we realize that the God of the universe went to great lengths just to commune with us, to be in our presence, to condescend, to be in our presence. See, he's an affectionate father, always available, always inviting us in. Staying up late to hear our concerns. He's in the trenches with us, fighting our battles, even before we realize we're being attacked. And so this attitude of I get to pray, of a, I, I get to know God, I'm not just coming to get things from God, is our enduring motivation. Why? Because Jesus is the only one worthy to be sought. He's the only one that deserves our full attention and affection. He alone is worthy, and we have the undeserved privilege of knowing and walking with Him.
And how, church, I pray that 2021 would be just that, a, a year of us growing and knowing more of Christ Jesus. And so what I want us to do, even as we close here, as we've seen these words, is I want us to just put this into practice. And so I'm going to lead us in a, in a time of prayer now through these uh, five points together. And maybe for that, that, that sounds pretty daunting to you. Like, well, I can sing the songs with everybody, but now I have to pray? Yeah, you get to pray. And so I'm going to call our worship team up here now, and I'm going to just lead us through these categories here. I'm going to say a few things to kind of kick us off, and then I'll just give some space, a few moments to where you can add your own prayers uh, to these uh, categories as we'll praise his name. Uh, and we will make our needs known to him. So, you ready to pray, church? All right, let's bow our heads and let's uh, spend some time praying now. The categories are on the screen, but here, here we go. God in heaven, we come before you now to praise your name, to say that you are holy and awesome. And so hear our praises now as we praise your name. God, we recognize who you are. But we now, we pray and ask that your purposes would be advanced in our life, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done in and through my life, God. That you would use these situations to advance the gospel now. Father, even as we ask for purpose in our, uh, our life and as we ask for your will to be done, that we know there's, there's needs that we have, legitimate things. So we might be hungry. We might be needy. There are physical things that we need. So we ask you now with a heart of dependence to come through in these needs. need is to be forgiven of our sin. The sin that separated us from you. And yet you offer it freely and fully to all who would ask for it. So we, we do that even now. We're asking God that you would forgive us so that we can even forgive others. There likely are some situations in here. Situations that were came to the forefront as we were around family or friends, those that maybe have hurt us deeply, that we've held on to bitterness. And we need to forgive those who have hurt us in this way. So help us to do that, God. We ask for your help in that even now. Lastly, Lord, we pray that you would protect our paths. You would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil.
heard all these things. You've heard our prayers. You know our situations. You know where we're lacking. You know where we are needy. You know, God, all that is happening. So, Lord, we're not here to inform you. We're just here to ask you to come through, to make yourself known to us, to teach us who you are and how we're to live. We're not here before you just trying to recite these formulas. We're not here to try to get it all right and then be blessed. But we're here because Christ got it right. Talking to you simply and humbly and truthfully with an access that we didn't earn or deserve because Christ did. So, Lord, even as we begin to wrap up and we're going to sing to you and all that, Lord, you, you're, you trust you're doing a good work in us. We do want to, we, we do want to pray and confess that maybe prayer hasn't even been on our radar as we think about 2021. So help us in that. Maybe we're, we're here this morning. Maybe we're tuned in now because we realize, well, I need some God in my life, and so why not start here? For everyone in that spot, Lord, would you, by your Spirit, make yourself known to your great grace and mercy far outweigh the sin and the maybe bad choices have done in their life. Father, thank you that it's never too late to come to you. Thank you that you never uh, run out of uh, mercy and patience towards us, that we never get beyond your far-reaching grasp. So draw on your children today. May this be a, a year of, uh, uh, of just sweetness in your presence. We need your help help in all these things that we pray. Pray in Christ's name and God's people say. Amen. Amen. Hey church, thanks for opening your Bibles with me. Thanks for praying with me and uh, thanks for singing with me. So we're going to just sing a, a, a closing song. It really is just our response. Our, uh, uh, us, uh, us telling the Lord that hey, we trust you. Lord, we know that you are good. This is who you are. So let this be just an anthem for this morning.